Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello, welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program. Glad you're with us today. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Uh, let's get right to it. The uh, show uh, lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, our daily news and notes. And I've got some just random stuff uh, for you today that we'll share here in the opening segment. Then later in the hour, it's Wednesday, so Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times will check in. Uh, we'll have football and basketball basketball conversation, IU stuff with him. And then later in the hour, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will stop by for uh, his local chat on uh, local sports. And, uh, of course, high school football is at the top of that list as we are just over uh, a week and a half away from the kickoff of the 2022 season, which is crazy to think about. And speaking of Josh, he's going to be gracious enough on Monday night at 7 o'clock uh, to join me for our annual football kickoff show where we'll interview the eight uh, football-playing schools, the head coaches, and some of the key players in the area. So Josh and I will kind of get warmed up for that today with some high school football discussion coming up a little bit later in the hour. And that's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Uh, the Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can send in uh, questions on IU football, basketball uh, for Dustin. You can send in local stuff for Josh. You can send in your reactions and uh, comments to me as well at 502-414-1450. And it's Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's, which means each week one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 all summer with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app and click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. And that's not all. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, and many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. It's Thornton Summer Cash Bash, not a Refreshing Rewards member. No problem. Text the word REWARDS to the number 80313. That's 80313 today. Let's get into some of these headlines. I promised you kind of a random run uh, across a number of stuff today. First off, we discussed this some yesterday. I'm sure this will come up later in the program today. But big news around the Big Ten Conference right now uh, with television deals. It looks like Fox Sports, who is a, I think, 60% owner of the Big Ten Network, is going to be one of the flagships. But also uh, CBS and NBC 
and ESPN has pulled back from the discussions and are no longer involved. And, you know, it, it's crazy to think about because I think going back to the early 80s, the ES, ESPN and the Big Ten Conference have had a pretty close at the hip connection. They have aired a lot of their content, a lot of their games. Uh, but according to some reports out there, yesterday when ESPN backed away, they were already basically out uh, totally of the discussion for uh, the main part of the package. But what they turned down yesterday was a seven year. $380 million a year uh, for 13 games, which is about half of what their current Big Ten package is at around 27 games. This was uh, access to air uh, basically the second and third best Big Ten games uh, behind the uh, Fox Sports, NBC, CBS rotation. So uh, hard to think about the ESPN network not being involved in the Big Ten, but I guess from a Big Ten perspective, you're looking at three big national non-cable networks that are going to air uh, basically not only your first string games, but uh, your second and at times even your third string games as well, uh, which I think for football, just a huge deal. And uh, this looks to be the next maybe uh, power play in the race to be the best super conference, if there's going to be such a thing, between the Big Ten and the SEC, a, a television rights package obviously uh, is huge. And could this help lure uh, Notre Dame into the Big Ten sooner rather than later and keep them away from the SEC? So it seems to me that Kevin Warren and the Big Ten have made another power play. Uh, and now you kind of think and see the national feel that the Big Ten's going to have on television, and it probably makes more sense uh, now that we know this, uh, why UCLA and USC, the West Coast, uh, has come into the conference, and it appears things are stretching out a bit now from coast to coast. So uh, I think good news for Indiana, good news for the Big Ten Conference. Uh, I think in, right now I think you, you score the Big Ten in many ways a, as the leader. Obviously the Big Ten and the SEC are clearly at the uh, at the top of the pack, but uh, definitely uh, they'll, those uh, that combination and, and the Big Ten making some big moves right now. Uh, a recruiting note, uh, of course we've not had a lot of good news 2023-wise uh, to report here lately uh, from an IU perspective, and that continues. Yesterday, Michigan State got its like third commitment in a week, in a week and a half or so, from a top 50 prospect. He's a familiar name, Cohen Carr uh, is who it is. Indiana had recruited him at one point, uh, but he is committed to Michigan State. He will join Xavier Booker uh, in that 2023 class. So Tom Izzo, who obviously is a veteran, he's been around, he's recruited Indiana well, um, he's known as a great recruiter. He is not flinching uh, right now when it comes to recruiting in this current senior class of high school basketball standouts. He has had three big gets here in the last week and a half to two weeks. And, of course, that run started with Xavier Booker uh, when he kind of on a whim announced he was going to make a commitment and then uh, pick Michigan State, which ultimately, as you look back on it, I don't think well, we should have been surprised. But uh, So a good run for Michigan State uh, as they really are making a march uh, 
to have one of the best, if not the best class in the Big Ten Conference for 2023. Yesterday, I mentioned, uh, you know, we're getting a little college basketball, and I've been reading it. There's no real uh, opportunity to watch, but I've been reading about Ohio State over in Puerto Rico, trying to get a feel for the Buckeyes for this season, and Wisconsin is headed to or getting ready to play over in France, and so that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, who plays well for them and what the uh, what they look like, the Badgers look like. Uh, and, of course, Kentucky, uh, outside of the Big Ten, their games are going to be on the SEC Network, and I think they play later tonight uh, over in the Bahamas. So it's a real early feel on college basketball, which is fun. I mentioned that uh, Akron, uh, or excuse me, Toledo, with uh, Cooper Jacoby from Silver Creek, uh, were also playing in Puerto Rico, and, and Cooper had a big opening game for them over there, which is great to see as he gets ready for his sophomore year. One local team that I left off talking about these uh, foreign exhibitions that are allowed once every four years by the NCAA is Butler, who of course is coached by Thad Mata, who comes to Butler after a role as associate AD for men's basketball, uh, kind of a support position for Mike Woodson and the coaching staff uh, in their first couple seasons. Uh, now is the head coach of the Butler Bulldogs, and they uh, they've got a big trip going on. They are over in Greece, and that trip continues until later this week. And I've been following their trip on Twitter. Uh, they've had some great opportunities to scrimmage. Uh, I think it's probably a really good opportunity for Coach Mata getting back in coaching. Uh, and getting you know taking over this Butler program to to get a read for where things stand, but uh, they got a really neat experience. In addition to their own scrimmages, <clears throat> they had a chance to attend uh, the Greek national team playing uh, one of the Spain national teams, <clears throat> and a little video that they posted on the Butler men's basketball Twitter. I mean, this place is absolutely packed. This arena. Uh, somewhere in Greece, and it, the crowd is absolutely crazy. So uh, I think it would be so neat to attend a game like that. Uh, Butler not only getting to play some of their own exhibitions, uh, but also getting a chance to to uh, uh, you know take in a big game like that. And, and by the way, the Butler games they're they're stringing streaming them on I believe YouTube. Uh, so you know, you know I wish Indiana had done that. I wish other schools would do that for their fans. But uh, Butler taking advantage of a trip, and I thought that was neat that they got to see the national team play. Also, uh, again, I promise you some randomness here in this first segment. Uh, Little League Baseball, we're moving into the part of the summer where the regionals are coming to a close. And uh, this is kind of where I maybe start paying a little bit of attention or flipping on a game here or there in the background. And the Indiana entry in the Great Lakes is Hagerstown Little League, which is from the eastern part of Indiana, basically due east of Indianapolis, uh, right around Newcastle, and just before you get to the Ohio-Indiana state line. And uh, they won over Kentucky, North Laurel Little League, from down in London, Kentucky, earlier this week, and have advanced to the Great Lakes Regional Championship game on Thursday night, and they'll play whoever comes out of the bottom side of the bracket uh, in that uh, winner go to Williamsport game on ESPN Thursday. It's actually in the afternoon. I think it's a 4 p.m. game. And I mention this because Hagerstown is who Jeff GRC played in that first game on Friday 
that we did not broadcast because we had some programming conflicts here on the Big X. But I did get to see them, and they've got really good pitching. They're a really big team for 12-year-old Little Leaguers. Uh, but pretty neat that one of the teams, and Jeff was really competitive with them. It was a one nothing, and then a 2-1, and then a 3-2, and then a 4-3 Jeff lead. Kind of a back-and-forth game against Hagerstown. And then uh, once Hagerstown switched pitchers late in the game and Jeff was preserving some pitching for later in the tournament, uh, since it was a double elimination tournament, they went on to win, I think, by a final score of 8-5 to five or 8-4, to four, something like that. So uh, hopefully Hagerstown can win this thing and represent the Hoosier State in Williamsport, and they're a really good team, and I think it would just be another feather in the cap for Jeff GRC to say uh, they were eliminated by uh, the team or, or one of the losses they had along the way to elimination in the double elimination bracket was to the team that ultimately won the Great Lakes Regional and heads on to Williamsport. So I think Hagerstown has a great chance. Not sure exactly how their pitching is set up for Thursday with all the Little League pitching rules and, and who's available and who's expired based on pitch counts, but it does look like they have a great chance. They're sitting in that top side, have not been beaten of the uh, of the bracket with a trip to Williamsport on the line Thursday night. So also kind of a sidebar note, um, you know, the last seven, seven or eight years, uh, mainly Tom Went and myself have been all over Indiana broadcasting Little League Baseball. And I've said this time and time again, people say, you know, gosh, uh, Little League Baseball on the radio, it's been, if you track our streaming, it's been some of the best numbers uh, that we have had. It's amazing the big numbers that tune in for some of these Little League games that are out of town. It just kind of underscores how important community sports and high school sports, I think, are in this area. But, I mean, people have went nuts. The Little League share it, the, the teams that you, you lost to the team and the, the districts that are sitting at home wishing they were there, they listen. And so our, our audiences have, have been really awesome, to be quite honest, for Little League Baseball. I think it's been one of the neat things uh, that we've been able to do here on the Big X in our coverage of local and high school sports, to be honest with you. But the reason I bring this up is talking about Hagerstown. Of all the places Tom and I have been, and the crazy uh, ways we broadcast, we've sat in lawn chairs, we've uh, we've sat in uh, rickety uh, card tables behind home plate, uh, we've stood up uh, the whole time to broadcast because of some funky design of uh, a little league facility or the backstop. But of all the places I've been, there are some really nice wagon wheel type facilities with some of the best fields you'd ever want to see for that level of baseball in our state. But the neatest that I've been to is Hagerstown. It's a one field facility. It's located inside a city park. It's in a uh, real green and woody area uh, with big old trees everywhere in the park and in the background over the over the fence. And I was only there, I think I did like a New Albany state championship game for like 10-year-olds or 11-year-olds one year. We drove all the way there just for one game, uh, and New Albany won that game. But it was one of the neatest Little League facilities, uh, a throwback facility, honestly, that I have ever seen. Such a well-maintained uh, field and Again, when I think of Hagerstown, I don't know much about the high school or anything else, but I think of the Little League field, and so I wish their their team best of luck Thursday uh, in the Great Lakes Regional Championship game with a trip to Williamsport on the line. Also, one other quick note, uh, I'm not a big TV guy outside of sports, 
but Hard Knocks is on. And I've got to give credit to John Spears, who has Spears on Sports, the show that comes on uh, if you listen live on the Big X at noon. Uh, and John put me onto this uh, program a year or two ago whenever the Cowboys were featured uh, in the preseason. It's six, seven, eight ap- episodes, I believe. But the first one came on last night. I got a chance to stream it later on. It's the Detroit Lions. And I, I know very little about NFL football overall, to be quite honest. And I definitely know very little about the Lions, except they're, they're not very good. Uh, so I wasn't really sure what to expect or maybe why the Lions have been expected for this series. But if you have HBO Max and you can get on there and stream it, I highly recommend it. Dan Campbell, who was a former Texas A&M player, uh, he's the first-year coach of the Lions. And uh, just uh, immediately as I watched the opening few minutes – of the first episode of the Lions on Hard Knocks, uh, getting ready for the season, his uh, his speech to his team uh, locked me in, and I knew this was going to be a great uh, season of preseason Hard Knocks uh, with the Lions. So if you're an NFL fan or uh, you've ever heard of or watched or not watched the Hard Knocks series, uh, I'm not a big NFL guy. I'm not a big TV guy. I'm not one of these people that streams all kind of series, but I highly recommend Hard Knocks, and I have a feeling uh, that the Detroit Lions preseason episodes coming up here uh, with Dan Campbell at the helm as the head coach are going to be highly entertaining and take you behind the scenes on what uh, training camp is like, and you just get to know some of the personalities on this team that uh, as you see their highlights or you watch NFL games this year, you'd never know these guys if it wasn't for a program like that. And also I saw last night they've been doing an in-season version of Hard Knocks as well, which to me is crazy if you're a coach. You've got you know HBO cameras following you around everywhere you go for uh, a couple months at least to, to produce the episodes they need for the series, but to do it in the middle of the season when you know, you're know you game planning and, and going through stuff, uh, to me that's crazy. Last year they did it. Uh, I thought it was okay. This year it's going to be the Arizona Cardinals, another team I know very little about. However, Rondale Moore, who is from New Albany and played high school football at Trinity, uh, is on the Cardinals, so maybe we'll get a chance to kind of see him uh, behind the scenes when that in-season version of Hard Knocks comes up a little bit later. I think that begins sometime in the month of November. So just some random stuff for you today. That's our opening segment. A look at the headlines for this Wednesday, August 10th edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times joins. We'll talk IU football, IU basketball, Big Ten television, media rights as well. And then still ahead, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune on high school football and more. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison.
All right, we're back here on this Wednesday program. Dustin Dopierak of the Bloomington Herald Times is my guest. The Thornton's text line, if you've got an IU football or basketball question, is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dustin, uh, in the first segment, I was uh, previewing, talking a little bit about uh, the Hard Knocks uh, HBO series featuring uh, Coach Parker and the Detroit Lions. I uh, took in the first episode last night. I'm not sure if I was a betting man if I if I would bet you watch that series or have time to watch many series with uh, your job and all the events and things you have to cover from an IU perspective. But are you a hard knocks uh, on HBO guy or not? I, I am not. I, I'm not opposed to it. I don't have HBO right now. I probably need to. I, I have been told the, the wife wants me to look into HBO Max, so I think we got to pick that up at some point. But uh, I don't know. I, I just saw it being tweeted out a lot. There was a lot happening last night. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big I'm not a big NFL guy to be quite honest, and I'm a basketball mm. nut, so it doesn't really fit in my wheelhouse. But I had someone here at the station a year or so ago uh, mm. tell me I had to watch it, and I love it. And I thought the Lions of all teams, but uh, I can already mm. see see it's going to be very interesting. So just curious, how, how could Dan Campbell not? How, how could Campbell not be interesting? Yes. I mean, seriously, well, watching see, that guy like. He, he's he, he's got to be real crazy. Like he's not like he's not fake crazy. He's yeah, a real thing, I think. see, I'm not a football <laughs> I'm not a football guy like that. So I, obviously, I I know he played at Texas A&M. I know he's played mm-hmm. in the NFL, had some coaching positions in the NFL, and now at the, at the Lions as the boss. But I don't really know his personality. I don't really. Fo- I'm just not a football guy when, when it comes right down to it. So when I watched the episode last night, the first I'm like, oh, let's see if this one's any good or not. Uh, the first two minutes was him giving the team a pep talk in their meeting area, and it was so- short, sweet, simple, a lot of cussing, and hilarious. And I thought, oh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really like this guy. So in the first two minutes last night, I was hooked because of the coach. You got it. Uh, to be quite honest, so I was just curious, Dustin. Uh, thanks for yeah. to entertaining that. Uh, let's stay with football here at the start and talk about the IU quarterback race. I know that you've had chances to talk with uh, Coach Bell and Coach Allen, uh, as the rest of the media has as well. And as you ask questions and write about the quarterback situation, I get the sense that really as we inch closer and closer to game one, we still really don't have any true insight on what's going on there. No, not yet. I mean, I think uh, Allen was at least, I think, forthright of saying, they're going to have a uh, scrimmage on Friday. Basically, that that's going to be their you know, their Friday morning practice. Is going to be a full scrimmage, um, and I and he said basically that's kind of when I, I expect to really to see some level of separation when these guys get uh, extend an extended period to really play football. I, I feel like is when I'm going to start to get an idea of where I want to go with this. And and, and while Bell was even more secretive about it, he just said you know they're both doing a good job. Uh, but Alan, I, I was at least a little discerning. Obviously, he's. He's the head guy. I think Bell is making more of a point to be secretive and saying, okay, if, if anyone's going to say anything that's given anything away, it's going to be Coach Allen and not me. Um, but Allen was saying basically he, he thought Tuttle's been really impressive as far as just running the offense and moving the football, and that comes from the fact that, that Tuttle has been on this team for four years. Obviously, he hasn't been, uh, you know, running a diff, uh, he's been running a different system, you know, than, than Walt Bell's. Um, but ultimately, uh, you know, he, he's used to playing with a lot, uh, several of these guys, at least, even though there's a lot of new players. Uh, he's at least used to being in Bloomington, you know, like he, he's got his bearings, but Bayslake's just getting his. Um, but he, he did say Bayslake's got a, he's got a really quick, quick release and he throws a very catchable ball, which I think you could see if you, if you watch him on film, it's, it's sort of an interesting motion. He, they, he's sort of like quick to the top of the year. There's not a little, a lot of like behind, 
uh, you know, behind-the-head warm-up, if you will, uh, just sort of picking it up there and just flinging it. Um, but he said he throws a catchable ball, is, is completing a lot of passes, and that really stands up in terms of how they uh, chart it. But basically, it's, I think a lot is going to be determined this week and in future uh, scrimmage uh, situations when they're, when they're really going uh, in, in game-like settings for, for almost the entirety of the practice. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times. We're starting with IU football today. Um, I talked yesterday about position groups for this team, uh, maybe some of the uh, strengths that this team had or has going into the season. As you've had a chance to be around it a little bit and ask a lot of questions, maybe what are the weaknesses that stand out to you as we approach game one? I think, well, I mean, you know, obviously, you you, you got to wait and see on the offensive line because I think that's that's the big you know sore spot that everybody points out to from last year. And there was only so much uh, that went into addressing it. I mean, I think you look at all the other places. You know, just about every unit on the on the field last year was weak in some way, but you can point to it being addressed uh, in in some way, shape, or form, either uh, through transfers or just the fact that the defensive backfield got healthy again. Uh, over the offseason, obviously, that's got to hold up and they perform better than they did a year ago. But you can obviously circle that group and say, well, you know, the reason that they weren't particularly good is because all those guys that were supposed to be stars got hurt. Um, so, but, so it, it's hard to sort of point out weaknesses when we're still figuring out who even are these guys. But you look at offensive line and you say, okay, there's, there's the only, I think, new guy there is Parker Hanner, who I think is a, a Division II transfer. Um, and so it's like it, it wasn't really addressed from a personnel standpoint. But there are guys they feel better about than they did a year ago. I mean, they, Khalil Benson is one guy that they thought had a really, really good spring um, and is going to be in the mix uh, at, at right guard. I think they like what they've seen from Mike Katie at left, you know, at, at left guard where he was playing a lot last year. And they moved Matthew Bedford out to tackle. They really like what they get from him. Still like Luke, Luke Haggard uh, on the left and feel pretty good about what they have with Jack Carpenter at, at, at center. And, and obviously those positions aren't by any means uh, you know, locked in. Tim Weaver is still going to be part of the discussion at guard. Uh, I think Randy Holtz was at least part of it, but I, he might be dinged up. I'm not totally sure about that. Um, but there's some other guys that have a chance to play their way into uh, you know, positioning. But I think that's, that's one area that everybody's going to ha- have circled. You know, in as much as anybody really, you know, any, any layman really understands offensive line play, it's just a question of are, are they at least blocking people. Uh, that's, I think, the area where people are, are going to still be most concerned, and I don't think you can look at it and say, well, well, they fixed it because they didn't necessarily go and get personnel that, that solved the problem. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times, my guest, starting with IU football. And I want to transition to this uh, Big Ten media deal, television deal that's been discussed, and it looks like, uh, barring some sort of uh, late change, that Fox and CBS and NBC are where Big Ten games uh, of all levels, the first-string games and even second and some third-string games will air uh, this coming season, um, it seems like, and I don't, I know television rights and money are the funding source in college sports, and I know that the Big Ten Network and the conference uh, networks have really helped conferences bring in the money uh, for their institutions. But with that said, I, I don't really get the the full lay of the land, but it does look like to me that even though the Big Ten and ESPN are having a split of sorts here that the Big Ten is making a power play when it comes to big national networks, three of the biggest, three of the best in Fox, CBS, and NBC. Is that how you see this? And is the Big Ten and Kevin Warren, after adding UCLA and USC and making a big move then, are they now making a big move on the media side of things with this deal? Yeah, they are. I mean, really, I think you also do have to say that the networks are making a big move. Um, and that they basically refuse to just be, 
pushed around by ESPN. They've obviously decided, um, you know, in some cases to, to recommit uh, to sports. I mean, I think you, you, all three of them now um, have their cable sports, sports networks. Uh, that, that I think makes a difference because obviously ESPN and ABC are the same. So you know, the, the, it, it's reached the point that everybody has a you know cable network where NBC has some things. There's some NBC Sports, CBS has CBS Sports, uh, Fox has FS1, FS2. You know, and also is a, it, it produces the Big Ten Network. So they've reached the point where they can get back into this and start making some big plays for some big deals. Where for a while ESPN was really the only one doing that. Um, you know, so, so this I think is. As, as much of a uh, indication of what the other networks are doing, but it, it is the Big Ten going out and saying, "Hey, we're for sale. We're, we're up. You know, it, it, it's highest bidder here. Uh, we're not acting as if we we have any kind of loyalty uh, to ESPN and ABC. We, we don't owe them, even though we, we've we've been up with them for so long. Uh, this is about building up, and I think it's, it's it's part of the new Kevin Warren. I think for sure that he's looking at this." Uh, looking at his position and, and saying, hey, you know, if I want to get done all the high-minded, idealistic things uh, that I want to do in this spot, then I've got to make power plays also. And so I'm going to go, you know, go, go put this out a bit. Go, go see what CBS and Fox and NBC uh, are willing to do, you know, money-wise for a right deal. And then if ESPN can't match it, then ESPN can't match it. I don't owe them. Um, and, and I don't, you, you don't look at it and say, well, if you're not on ESPN, uh, you don't matter because, you know, you have all these, uh, all these windows and all these networks can, you know, be important, can make a difference. I mean, if you're on, it's not a problem if you're on FS1 at 7.30 on, on Saturday night. You know, that's not, that's not bad. If people can find that. You know, that, that's on, you know, pretty basic cable. With no, no, no fewer people have FS1 than have ESPN at this point, I think. Um, so that, that, I think, is, is where they're going with this and saying, okay, if, if these networks are, are throwing out enough money to pony up, uh, then obviously they're going to get us on the networks. They're going to get us out there. We're going to get the same level of exposure, and we're going to get paid more. So if ESPN, if you can't match it, then you can't match it. That's all it comes down to. Could a TV deal like this, and I know that Fox, you know, it's not just Fox, the national channel. Uh, you mentioned FS1, and, and, you know, there's other channels like that that they can put games on. But could a deal that includes the, the big national, the three, like that, could that help attract Notre Dame sooner rather than later to make a decision on a conference and maybe ultimately become the next member of the Big Ten? And I would think, I mean, I, 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 I tweeted out something about that when uh, this news hit, basically, that NBC was going to get involved, which I think is also very interesting. Um, you know, NBC basically deciding to wade back into this um, after, really, they've just been stuck on Notre Dame for a while. And, and, and really, you've seen NBC sort of, uh, you know, shrink their sports profile down, really, to Olympics and Notre Dame. I mean, I, and I guess that they've done hockey, but, uh, you know, really, uh, and, and their Sunday night football game. I mean, they, they haven't, where, where they were, I think, uh, a powerhouse for a while in the 90s when they really controlled the NBA and, and AFC football, uh, and, and even, you know, Sunday night baseball. Uh, you know, they, they've kind of retracted a little bit. Um, so them getting out and starting to really play in the college football sphere is really interesting. Um, but, it, I, you know, I don't know what it does to Notre Dame, frankly, because, you know, again, if NBC is going to partner with the Big Ten and with them, uh, what does that look like? I mean, I, I, I frankly didn't know the numbers. I mean, when I tweeted, tweeted out something about TV the other night, they're like, you don't realize that every Big Ten school already makes, you know, even before this deal, already makes more money on media rights than, than Notre Dame does. And that kind of shocked me because I was like, well, if Notre Dame has its own deal, how is that possible? Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. If, if that's already the case, if they're already not making uh, what Big Ten partners do, I, I mean, I guess I'm not sure why this would force them to do it. Um, I, you would think so because if it's that much more money, how do you pass it up? 
Uh, but I think you know Notre Dame remains a wild card. Notre Dame remains, I think, really dedicated to uh, its independence if it wants to be. But you know, you also consider that USC is part of the Big Ten now, um, and you know that that could be uh, attractive to them. Um, so I, it, yeah, I, I guess it kind of reframed my mindset when I was definitely thinking that hey, you know, the, the writing is on the wall. Notre Dame has to make this move at some point in time. I think they're more likely to do it now, certainly, um, as you start you know approaching super conference status here. Um, but I don't think it's a short thing. I think Notre Dame is more interested in that independence than maybe even I was realizing. And uh, so you, you, just, you just don't know. And as long as they have their own network deal uh, with NBC plus whatever they're getting from the ACC, they're still doing all right. Uh, I don't know there's some legal binding deal that they would have to get out of with ACC, so I'm not sure of the money piece of it. But there's also just a, you know, again, there's just the, 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 they believe in their independence. They like being not in a conference. Uh, so it's a question of how much do they like it? How much uh, are they willing? How much money are they willing to pass up to stay who they are? Justin Dopierak of the Bloomington Herald Times is my guest. You know, I, I guess the networks control or uh, basically control the start times of these games so they can place them around and get the most bang for their buck and for the for the viewership and advertisers. But I, what I saw NBC included in in the Big Ten deal and in them getting kind of back into sports, as you mentioned. Uh, I assume that they will be able to finagle, to juggle Big Ten games that they are going to air and start times for Notre Dame games. I wonder how that would kind of affect the existing Notre Dame deal for this season. Yeah, I, I mean, not for this season, but once they get it, well, oh, yeah. you know, I, I don't think they start this year. Yeah, you know, you're um, right. You're right. But when they do get it, I mean, I, I do think you'll see them. Um, you know, I, I, they'll obviously, you know, put one next to the other. And I think, you know, it's just trying to keep you watching NBC, whereas, you know, ABC has been doing that for, for decades and, and Fox has been doing it recently and, and CBS to some extent, although, you know, they'll, they were so focused on the SEC for a while. Um, but you know, if the NBC decides to be really a player on Saturday, they, they can do that and say, okay, do, do Notre Dame at three thirty and, uh, you know, do a primetime Big Ten game at 8 or flip it, say, okay, we're going to do a big-time Big Ten game at 3.30 and get Notre Dame under the lights at 8 o'clock. So, you know, that's, uh, those are options that they would have, and they can go directly up against what ABC is going to do. Talking with Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times. Uh, one other question. This is more of an IU question, and you have a pretty good feel on things, but IU put out a release earlier this week that IU soccer is going to add beer sales to its home games. And so I believe if my list is correct, football, baseball, softball, and now soccer all have beer sales uh, at their home games in Bloomington. Is this just a sign that eventually, at some point in the future, we're headed to beer sales for men's and women's basketball games at Assembly Hall? Or do you think that could still be a long way off? Uh, well, they must need to see something first before they trust it. I mean, I think... What, what obviously, they've obviously crossed the Rubicon of not feeling like that, that there should be alcoholic college sporting events. You know, they've obviously crossed that Rubicon, and, and they must be fine with that. And if they're okay with it at football games, they're obviously okay with there being a lot of people. Um, but basketball, you're talking indoors and fans close to the, the playing surface. Um, and it gets wild in there. And so that, I think, is, is sort of the issue that um, they must not be ready for that. Uh, and, and uh, you know, probably if you want to see it as Indiana fans, uh, you got to prove you're not going to be crazy, I think is what it comes down to. It kind of depends on what do you, what do you want more. Do you want to be wild or do you want to be able to have a beer? Uh, you know, that's kind of the question. And as long as students can, you know, uh, you know, certainly 20-year-old 20 20 year students can drink, so it's like, all right, you, you know, 
you see the student fans get after it, and that's a good thing. You, how much more do you want to amp that up? Uh, and, and when does that become a security and a liability? Um, and, you know, I, I think that's the question. So when are they ready to cross that Rubicon? They're okay with it in football when you're obviously removed a little bit. Baseball, you're moved a little bit, and it's more of a uh, county crowd anyway, especially when you get deep into baseball season. Um, so I, I think they would have to feel – they would have to trust it, and I don't know that they're there yet. Um, so I, I don't know what's going to cross them over to that. But, you know, being in close quarters with the playing surface and, you know, having a rowdy crowd uh, and, you know, start, you, you know what, what, what kids shout basically at those games. So – you know, when are you ready for it? I don't know. Uh, that's the Scotty Dolson question. I don't know what, what, what's going to tell him that, that it's safe. Uh, and that's the biggest thing is he's got to know that it's safe. And, you know, I guess if I was him, I wouldn't go that far yet. If, if I, you know, like, it, like uh, it's good that it's rowdy. It's not a bad thing. And I'm not trying to be, you know, uh, get off my lawn or anything like that. But all the same, I mean, I, I don't know that they need more tuned up than they already are. Yeah, absolutely. Dustin, as we let you go, uh, IU's had a little bit of struggle here in recent weeks in their 2023 uh, recruiting, talking about basketball. Some of the targets have committed elsewhere or announced finalists, and Indiana's not been included. Uh, And that continued uh, yesterday. I I know Indiana hadn't been really active with Cohen Carr, I don't think, recently. But my goodness, Tom Izzo and Michigan State have been on a real tear. Three uh, nicely ranked recruits in the last week and a half or two, starting with Xavier Booker from uh, Cathedral right here in our state. So Tom Izzo showing he's still got the recruiting zest. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've been going after, again, obviously a couple guys that Indiana was really interested in. I think really good fits for Michigan State and, and what they want, obviously, Booker being a multi-skilled guy. It did, did seem like Booker, um, you know, Michigan State was ahead of the game for Booker for a while. Uh, and I think if you're going to get Booker, I think Carr, Carr fits more there than I think he would at Indiana at this point because I, I think if you're Indiana, I don't think you can take a guard who can't shoot. And I don't know that Carr can't shoot, but he's, just, he, he's more of an athlete. He's more of a breakaway guy, you know, dunk on your head type. Um, and so I think it's more important for Indiana to get a guy that can shoot. So I understand why they kind of backed off there. Uh, but losing out on Jamie Kaiser is really tough. And, you know, so, I mean, obviously they've still got uh, their hooks in Deshaun, uh, um, Deshaun Harris-Smith. i got to make sure I got that right. Yes. Um, and, and a couple others, obviously, Arrington Page is another guy I think they've really got their hooks in. Uh, so they're going to need to land one uh, soon. I mean, obviously they're not in desperate shape again, as we've mentioned. They've already got – you know, Ja'Kai Newton on the board and Gabe Cups on the board for 2023 uh, and certainly, you know, just did really, really well in 2022, uh, you know, with, with those four guys, with Hood with Caleb Banks and Louis Reno and C.J. Gunn. Uh, you know, they're, they're not going to be hurting for talent necessarily. And if, if 2023 doesn't produce a whole lot more, they're not in desperate shape. But, you know, you always want to keep the momentum going and keep, you know, go get players you're after. So you certainly want to, would want to see if you're Indiana – uh, them get one or two more guys in that class, and it, you know, obviously, hopefully, hopefully, you know, for them that they're uh, at least top hundred guys, if not top fifty. Dustin Doperak, the Bloomington Herald Times, he's with us Wednesdays. Dustin, a lot of ground covered today. Thank you, and uh, we'll do it next week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, as always. All right, Dustin Dopierak of the Bloomington Herald Times with me today uh, talking a lot of IU football and basketball stuff. We'll head to a quick break. When we come back, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is with us. We're a week and a half exactly away from high school football, and there are some interesting games in week one, and Josh is going to be with me Monday night for our kickoff show where we'll really, I think, uncover a lot about the season with the coaches and the top players here in the area. More coming up on that next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Wednesday program. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, my guest. And we talk local sports on this segment, which means today, Josh, we've got to start getting ready for Monday, our kickoff show. You're going to be kind enough to join me for about two hours or so of coverage from all of our local foot, football-playing schools. We'll talk with the head coaches and a lot of the better players uh, in the area on Monday night, beginning at 7 o'clock here on the Big X. So it's almost here, Josh, high school football just around the corner. I know, it's hard to believe, and we've got, uh, well, we've got scrimmages on this Friday night, too, so it's, uh, it's, it's football time, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'm excited, and I'm ready for it. Uh, I hope everybody else is, too. I've said this a few times going through different interviews with coaches. We've had a lot of the coaches on uh, individually and have a couple more coming this week in advance of our Monday show, uh, but I, I really feel like I need to go through scrimmages this Friday night and then go through our two-hour uh, special show on Monday to really get a feel for the area. I mean, we know the coaches, we know the top players, but as you look at these teams, there were so many key departures uh, from so many of our local teams uh, last season that there are just a lot of voids, and I know there's some good players back and there's going to be uh, some playmakers to keep an eye on, but are there enough for some of these teams for them to rebound and be as good or better than they were last season? I think that's kind of the, the theme of the area. Yeah, we've got a lot of a lot of kids who uh, graduated, as you said, but uh, you know, I'm sure we'll have some other kids step up and uh, play some bigger roles this year and kind of kind of step into the spotlight. Um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to, to to watch that happen. You know, that's it's always fun to see what 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 kids uh, you know step to the forefront each season. So you know sometimes there there are different ones that step up, and hopefully uh, you know we'll see some uh, some new faces step up this year. Any interesting scrimmages on Friday that you're looking forward to catching a, a portion of? Oh yeah, the uh, uh, Charlestown Floyd Central is always a good one. Uh, you know that's. Um, that, that to me, those are two very intriguing teams for this season. You know, Charlestown. Uh, uh, you know, they should be should be pretty good. They, you know, this, their schedule is, you know, tough at the start. You know, they've got Silver Creek and uh, and Brownstown the first two weeks, but then after that, they have a, a very favorable schedule. Last last year, they they lost those first two games, and then. Uh, won the last won the last seven of the regular season uh you know th- this year you know they may you know they could it's not unconceivable that they could be eight and one or maybe even nine and oh heading into the postseason given given uh you know what they have uh talent wise and and uh um you know what they have coming back and then floyd central a team that they kind of Struggled a little bit last year. was very was very young, but then uh, you know they start they play a lot of young kids. So they uh, a lot of those kids are back this year, and they're juniors and seniors. So you know they've they they should be pretty good. They've I think they've got a lot of their 
a lot of their skill kids back, which is, uh, you know, which is very good. And, and you know, it'll, it'll just depend on the line play, I guess, for them. And, um, you know, I, I think they could be right there in that, in that new sectional, um, with New Albany, maybe, uh, maybe vying for a sectional title again. So I think that that's really one I'm, uh, one I'm very interested to see. I may even try to try to go out there and catch a little bit of it if I, if I can. Yeah. That's uh, always a key on, on scrimmage night. Can you catch maybe two games? You can catch the, yeah, the yeah. first half and the second half if you plan it right. Uh, one other question for you, looking ahead to week one, and I know we've got more time to talk about this in the future, but I, there's no bigger game, I don't believe, than uh, Charlestown and Silver Creek, just because of the rivalry and between uh, because of the history between those two schools playing each other, and uh, just just kind of a neat game that helps build excitement for the start of the year between those two communities. Yeah, great, great one to start off the start off the season. And like you, uh, I've heard you mention uh, a few times, it's one of the only you know. It's only, one of the real rivalry games to start off the season because we don't have, uh, you know, Providence, New Albany, and all those games anymore. But yeah, this is a really good one to start it off with, and uh, you know, I'm sure Charles sounds excited because you know this is this is when they get to host. Uh, you know, they haven't been able to, uh, they weren't able to two years ago, but then uh, and then Silver Creek had it last year, but uh, three years ago, the year before, I guess in 2019 or would have been or. What the season right before COVID starts, it, there was a great, uh, it was a great crowd over there at the, at Silver Creek, and uh, uh, you know it was a great atmosphere. So and I think we're, you know, we're getting hopefully knock on wood back to normal. I think uh, it, we'll have a great crowd out there at Charlestown, and hopefully a lot of people in the stands, and uh, uh, you know so, some real excitement heading into that game. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh is with me Wednesdays on the show, and Josh is going to be kind enough to be co-host with me Monday night uh, when we have our high school football kickoff show featuring the eight football-playing schools in the area. Uh, and I appreciate that, Josh. You bring a ton of knowledge, a lot of insight. I know you know the coaches, and it's just just kind of a fun fun situation, and I'm glad you've agreed to help me with that again. I, I sure appreciate what you bring to the table for that. Yeah, it's a great time, and I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, it's always fun for that. Uh, I look forward to that event every year. So, uh, you know, hopefully everybody will tune in. Absolutely. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Thank you, Josh. That's going to wrap things up for this Wednesday show. Back with you Thursday at 11 a.m. here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.